0: Welcome to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. My name is Reverend Jason Warren Griffiths. I'm really glad you're joining us. It is Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday, April 4th, 2021. And we are not streaming on just a podcast. We have a drive-in service and I am so grateful to be amongst us, right? Okay, I got one announcement and that is this thing's going to be raised up. During the, our, during our opening hymn, but if you still have flowers, you can uh, you can bring them forward right now, and they'll be put on the, the the floral cross. And then also, these are from two years ago, and they're from potpourri from the flowers of the cross two years ago. So we hang on to stuff, right? Amen. Okay, everybody stand for this morning's call to worship. And in lieu of call to worship, I'm going to repeat that again. Christ is risen. Christ is risen. Christ is risen. Let's worship the Lord with all we've got, singing the song that's on the back of your order of worship.
1: All right, are you ready? Okay, if you are ready, just note that on the fourth verse is going to be a pitch race. It's going to go pretty high. For your, all audio people in the cars, just yell it out. <music>
2: guys can hear me from there. Every Easter, children across the country rush around their homes and gardens searching for Easter eggs. For many families, Easter just isn't Easter without the annual egg hunt. We'll be joining in the fun again this year with our annual egg hunt, but the question is, why do we hunt for eggs? In many pre-Christian societies, eggs held associations with spring and new life. Early, Early Christians adapted these beliefs, making the egg a symbol of the resurrection and the empty shell a metaphor for Jesus's tomb. We invite you to join us after service on the children's yard as we partake in this fun tradition. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. At this time, all children and youth are dismissed to Sunday school.
3: hear me? (laughs) All right. Hi, for those who haven't met me yet, my name is Dan, and Kim and I have been members of PCC for almost a year and a half now. When Jason called me earlier this week and asked if I would like come here to talk with you today on Easter Sunday to share my story, I felt honored. But after I first put it to thought, I started suddenly become very fearful and under spiritual attack. I started questioning myself and thinking about all the wisdom here at PCC. I thought to myself, what could I possibly have to say that would be worth sharing? I then immediately started praying and asking God if this was his will and his will for me to do this. I prayed and asked him that if this was his will, that he would bring me the courage, guidance and strength I needed for me to share the right message filled with love, faith and hope. Later that morning during prayer, I believe this came from the Holy Spirit, I became aware that this was not an opportunity for me, but it was an opportunity for God. And instead, it was an opportunity to bring glory and praise to our amazing God. This would be a time and opportunity where I could share my experience and tell you about all the love and amazing grace that we receive from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ each and every day. When I started looking at it this way, I came to realize what a blessing and privilege it is to be in front of you here today. I also want to say that I think Jason knows me too well now, so whenever I get a chance that when I'm asked to do something like this, I never turn it down because I really believe the fact that we never know how God is working behind the scenes. So thank you, Jason, for giving me this opportunity. Here's a little bit about me. When I was, I was raised in a Christian household where we all believed, but as time went on, my dad started separating himself from the church. As the years passed, he would eventually stop going and kept us away from going to church on a regular basis. We had a very strict household and upbringing. There was never an option to disagree with his decisions, which meant going to church was not an option. My father was a believer, but as so many do, he became dependent on his own self-will and headed into life, following his own direction. While growing up, this was how I was taught by him. As a result, I didn't have a male role model in my faith. As for my mom, she was very strong and devoted in her faith. She was a prayer warrior and taught me not only the importance and meaning of, but also the power that comes out from prayer. When I was in my teens, I started mixing in with the wrong crowds and heading down the wrong path, which was the beginning of me entering that, that dark road I stayed on for so many years of my life. I started drinking alcohol and losing touch with reality. As each year that passed by, I started to be more conformed by the ways of the world, I started following the direction of my dad and the way I was raised and started living a life where possessions, entitlement, and status all became more important than anything else. I thought I had everything under control and that was all I needed. But in all reality, what I was doing was living a life full of denial, which kept me falling deeper and deeper into a bottomless pit. I was living a lie and my life became darker and darker. The overwhelming feeling of emptiness became greater and greater. I would eventually, after many years, finally hit rock bottom and finally and became tired of living a life in despair. During this time that I was living a life consumed all about self, I would try to, but in a lot of ways was walk, only walking half-connected in my faith. My faith was strong, but it was also pushed to the side. I believed in God and knew he was always there, but in the end, it was really all about me. Many times, due to guilt and shame, I would avoid turning to God because I knew I was What I was doing was wrong and I didn't want to have to look at myself. Through the countless days of feeling empty and lost, I would search for the wrong things to fill the void deep inside. What is amazing to me, even though I was on the path that I chose, God never stopped reaching out and calling my name to come to him. Each and every day, he relentlessly pursued me. Through his constant reaching out for me and the endless daily prayers for my mom, I finally heard the voice and woke up and began seeking the help I needed. I immediately then offered myself to him and begged him for his forgiveness and asked him to come into my life. As I asked for his help and assistance for the rocky road ahead of me, he blessed me with the strength and courage to pursue it. From that moment on, I then completely surrendered and gave my life to Jesus. I became fully committed and started the lifelong journey of making the changes necessary to get my life back on track. The road to recovery at the beginning was very hard, and I had to start by changing everything. I did this by having a new way of thinking, and most importantly, by building a new relationship with Jesus, a relationship that I longed for and so desired all my life. I knew that the only way that this could ever be possible to achieve was by doing it with Jesus, and I asked for his help and guidance. I started every day by digging into the Word and learning the true meaning of it. I learned that we are all sinners and that Jesus heals the broken and comes and finds those who are lost, and this brought me hope. This told me that even though through all my pain and struggles that occurred during my life, they all had purpose and reason for them. And during this time, God was always there guiding and directing me, revealing his path for me to follow and let me know that I was never alone. I have put my complete trust and faith in Jesus Christ, and in doing so, this brought me peace. I have learned the value and true meaning of this glorious peace that can only come from God and having a relationship and connection with him. Through the years... My relationship with Jesus has continued to grow deeper and more meaningful each day. He has and continues to pour out so many beautiful gifts and blessings in which I don't deserve, and he does this all out of his love. Even during my struggles, when I've experienced some of the most difficult t- times in my life, like when my mom was called home to heaven, he comes and comforts me and brings me the strength and peace I need to carry on. Every morning when I wake up, I say, Thank you, Jesus, for this precious day. Help me to stay aware of your presence with me. I also remind myself of Psalm 118.24, which states, This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. These simple prayers each morning helps me to have a heart filled with joy, which is so important. I also remind myself to always have a grateful heart and to look for all the blessings I encounter throughout the day. Each blessing is a reminder that they are a gift from God and is given from his love and comes from above. I also pay attention and keep focus on my daily walk with God. I have learned from my experience that for me to be able to walk with God, I must first put him above everything else and keep him at the center of my thoughts. This also goes with everything I do in all areas of my life, in which I completely surrender and turn it all over to him. During my walk, it is also very important that I remember where I have come from and how I can give back and serve others. I remember from my past experiences that the choices I make not only affects me, but also the other, others I come in contact with. It is very important to me to let my actions speak and show my love for God in all that I do. I believe that our actions are truly what speaks to others, not our words. We also can't be too hard on ourselves, and we must always give ourselves a break. We must remember that sometimes we fail, and other times we may fall short. But when we do, we ask Jesus to forgive us, and through his precious blood we are redeemed. When this happens to me, I remind myself that I am not who I used to be, but a new creation in Christ, and each day I pray and grow to grow and become more like him in all my ways. I want to thank you for this opportunity to come before you today and for all the love and welcoming from PCC to Kim and I, and we look forward to the bonding of our church family and for us growing in the years to come. And most importantly, on this Easter day, we, remembered, we remember how much Jesus loves each and every one of us and the true gifts that we all receive from our risen King, that Jesus conquered death, and by doing so, that he has given each and every one of us the way to receive eternal and everlasting life with him in the heaven above. And for this reason, we are truly blessed. Thank you.
1: Well, we do this every year. It's an Easter tradition. This song's called Let It Rise. I mean, you can sit and sing it if you want to, but there is that word rise in it. Here we go. Let the glory of the Lord rise among us. Let the glory rise. Let the glory, here we go. Let the glory of the Lord rise among us. Let the glory of the Lord rise among us. Let the praises, let the praises of our King rise among us. Let it rise. Let the songs of the Lord, let the songs of the Lord rise among us, let the songs of the Lord rise among us. Let the joy, let the joy of the king rise among us, let it rise. Let the song, let the songs of the Lord rise among us, let the songs of the
4: Rise among
1: us, let it rise. Let us sing let the songs. Let the songs of the Lord. Rise among, among let us, let the songs.
4: Let the songs of the Lord. Rise among us. Let the joy of the king. Rise among us, let it rise. Oh, let it rise. Oh. Oh, you can sit down yeah.
0: yeah I guess you could stay in the whole time before I get into the sermon for this morning uh, you got to understand two sermons that I usually give um, and first is the gospel is this thing not working oh yeah we got to confess first okay we got to confess confess and assure it's pardoned okay just pause and look at your neighbor and say uh, Christ is risen
5: he's risen indeed <laughs> okay, are we ready? Okay. Christ himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that set free from the sin, we might live for righteousness. Join me now in the prayer of confession. Almighty God, in raising Jesus from the grave, you shattered the power of sin and death. We confess that we remain captive to doubt and fear, bound by the ways that lead to death. We overlook the poor and the hungry and pass by those who mourn. We are deaf to the cries of the oppressed and indifferent to calls for peace. We despise the weak and abuse the earth you made. Forgive us, God of mercy. Help us to trust your power to change our lives and make us new, that we may know the joy of life abundant, given in Jesus Christ, the risen Lord. Amen. Pope John Paul II once said, We do not allow ourselves to despair. We are Easter people, and hallelujah is our song. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ is with all the saints, for in Jesus Christ we are forgiven. Amen.
1: Our Father everlasting the all-creating One, God Almighty. Through Your Holy Spirit, conceiving Christ the Son, Jesus our Savior. I believe in God our Father, I believe in Christ the Son, our judge and our defender suffered and crucified forgiveness is in you descended into darkness you rose in glorious life forever seated on high i believe in god our father Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe in you, I believe you rose again, I believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. our Father I believe in Christ the Son I believe in the Holy Spirit our God is three in one I believe in the resurrection that we will rise again for I believe in the name of Jesus I believe in God the Father I believe in Christ the Son
0: Now you can sit down. We'll start this over again. Dan, you're awesome. I don't say that enough. Thank you, brother. That was excellent. This is, this is fun. Uh, I'll do that introduction again. You need two sermons of mine in your back pocket as we, as we approach this text. And I'm going to give them to you. First of them comes in like, 1998. This guy named Dallas Willard came out with a book called Divine Conspiracy. And he asked the question, what's the gospel according to Jesus? Have you ever heard that sermon by me? No? Yeah, you have, but you don't remember it. But I still love you. I have given it. I got it. Actually, I gave that sermon. And when I gave it to, I gave a sermon to the search committee that was looking for me. And I got hired with this sermon. And then I gave it when after you hired me, I said, hey, you got to hear this again. Just because all those, there was only 10 on the search committee. Everybody's got to hear it. But they ask the question, you know, what's the gospel according to Jesus? And you get the answer to that question by the beginning of Mark. And we're studying Mark's resurrection story, right? Okay, everybody with me still? Good job. Jason, Andrew, good job. Um, the gospel according to Jesus is actually the first words of Jesus in the gospel of Mark. And if you have a red letter section, look back at the, at the first words of Jesus at, in the gospel of Mark. And he says... Um, Repent and believe the good news. The word right there is euangelio. That's Greek for gospel. Good news. Great news. Wonderful news. Exuberant news. I don't know if exuberant means that. But um, what's the repent and believe what news? That the kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is at hand. What does that mean? And I started to dig in a little bit. And you realize that Jesus speak, uh, speaks about, whenever he opens his mouth, he speaks about the kingdom of God more than any other subject. A close second is money, but not even close. I, don't think, I, don't think, you can, I think you can double the amounts that of times that he speaks about money and still not be at the time of how many times he speaks of the kingdom of God. What does it mean to be the kingdom of God is near? Does anybody know? right here. It's right here. He, he's talking about the good news that if you make Jesus the king of your life, the kingdom triumphant or the kingdom eternal starts that moment. A kingdom isn't a, is a place, it's a realm, right? Does everybody follow? The people in my family are under my kingdom, you know? What I say goes, right? Right? Everybody's laughing because they know my kingdom is kind of a is kind of a little bit of a mess. <laughs> but if it were ideal, I would say something. They would do something. That's how they you would know that they're a Griffiths. They're they're following my lead, right? Uh, there's a lot of people that are under the kingdom of the Dodgers or the Angels. You know, Lakers. It doesn't depend on where you are in the world. It depends. It, it it depends on where your allegiance is, right? You enter a kingdom, I can enter Mark Lackey's kingdom by just saying, you're my king. I'm gonna follow everything you, you ask of me. And the same with Jesus Christ. He says, that's my gospel, is if you make me the king, you say yes to me, I enter as your king, you start following my rules, heaven begins that day. It answers the question, why doesn't he... Just pick us up right after we're converted, right? It's to keep working on, keep working on us. I steal this illustration from Todd Bolsinger. Uh, he says, you know, I got a daughter, and I do have a daughter. I'm just going to take it as my own, and just remember the credit goes back to Todd Bolsinger. He says, uh, I got a daughter. I got a daughter, right? Have you met Elsie? Right? She's a pistol. She's a firecracker. She's going to grow up in the church. I don't care whether she wants to go or not. She's coming here, right? She's my daughter. So She's going to grow up in the church. She's hopefully going to go off to college, meet a nice guy, become president of the United States. I don't know. Uh, maybe be a pastor, maybe be a missionary. I don't know where she's going to go. But I, my hope for her is that when she passes away or when Jesus returns, The Spirit has been at work in so much in her life that the Spirit only has to do a little more tweaking for her to live all of eternity. That's why we stick around here. That's why, if you wanted to if you wanted to know why God keeps us in this place, because he wants to prepare us and he's putting us wheat among weeds and we're we're showing the way into his kingdom. I had missed this whole entire part of the gospel. Up until, what, 1998. And then, you need to, so you got that firm in your mind. The gospel of Jesus is the kingdom is here. The kingdom is at hand. You make Jesus the king of your life, he starts working on you, the Holy Spirit starts working on you, and you're transformed from the inside out, like Dan was talking about. Right? Everybody with me still? And. Okay, good. I liked it. I liked the Audible. I'm, I'm in there. I'm, put me in, coach. Anyway, the second one, apologize for the 10 to 15 people here on Thursday, were in 2018. It's usually a book that you, like kind of opens my eyes to stuff. But in 2018, a guy named N.T. Wright comes out with a book, The Day the Revolution Began. And he's a really he's really into that kingdom of God theology that I was just talking about, making Jesus the king. He asks the question, if individual atonement and forgiveness of sins is primarily what Jesus came for, why didn't he die and resurrect
6: on the day of atonement in October, Yom Kippur? Why did he
0: die and resurrect on Passover? Jews have two holidays, right? They've got Yom Kippur, which is all about atonement. It's where the the high priest would walk into the holy of holies and offer the sacrifice for that year. And the the sins the weekly, the monthly sacrifices all pointed to that day of atonement in october that was personal sin that was individual walks with god that was washing away our individual sins and they would do it and they're all pointing to the day of atonement and all theologians and all over the bible we've heard the message all those days of atonement were pointing to the cross and i say amen to that everybody else should say amen to that ready to that (laughs) Anyway, <laughs> but we've missed another piece. I, I was cruising until, I, I, until somebody asked me what was the gospel according to Jesus Christ and I didn't know. It's that the kingdom of God is here. If I make Jesus the king of my life, I start walking with him, the spirit starts work, wa- working on me, transforming me the inside out. I have something to do. I've got a task. Hand over more parts of my life to Jesus and make him more king, Right? And then somebody asked me, why didn't he do it on the Day of Atonement? Why did he do it on Passover? What's Passover about? The Exodus event. Steve's been listening. I, I make him go everywhere too. Steve, round of applause for Steve Atkins, please. Kim wasn't clapping. Just kidding. I'm uh, That's right. The exod- Exodus event
6: where the Jews were shackled, enslaved to the Egyptians. They had no power over their own lives. They were trapped. And by the way, they weren't a people.
0: They had lost their identity. They had lost their names. That's slave number 633. That slave number 14, you know. They were slaves, right? And the Exodus event was an amazing event. And when God reached down onto the earth and said, you know what, these are my people. I'm going to free them from their slavery, from their literal slavery. And I'm going to take them out of Egypt and I'm going to lead them through dry land, cross the Red Sea. Remember that whole story? And then the, I'm going to lead them ultimately to the promised land. But first they're going to go in exile, Right? That's the word picture. That's, that's what happened, okay? Is everybody with me still? So why did he do it on, on, on Passover? Why did we miss? Why, what, what was I missing? You could maybe be, 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 be smarter than me and see where I'm going. But the big piece of the cross that I was missing was the, sex, the second
6: Exodus event.
0: Mark starts his gospel with the gospel of Jesus. According to Jesus, we can make him the Lord of our lives. And he ends it with a call to be a new Passover
6: people. A new covenant people.
0: And now it, you, it's not just the Jews that are invited to the table. It's everybody. It's Gentiles. It's Man, woman, child, it's young, old, gay, straight, everybody, right? I haven't even opened the Bible yet. Oh, we got to open the Bible. Okay, let's get to the Bible, right? This is all the two sermons that you need as I go into this text. And I'm going to crank through just to make sure that my wife stays awake. When the Sabbath was over, when the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, bought bought spices so that they might go ahead, go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. They had been saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? When they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled back. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man, So they went out and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. This is the word of the Lord. So you got those two sermons in your back pocket, right? And we're cruising through this text. First, Sabbath was over, meaning Passover was over. They had just celebrated the, the Exodus event that happened a couple thousand years before them, and now here we are celebrating this day a couple thousand years from when it happened. Notice, and I'll just call them the two Marys. The two Marys—they weren't
6: going to witness a resurrection.
0: What were they going to do? They were going to make sure that the dirty task of of cleaning up the body.
6: They're going there to wrench out their hearts of sadness. Their king had just been killed. I don't know about you, but
0: uh, this at this moment. This ministers to me on certain years. I grew up in a house that um, we didn't really celebrate Christmas because my dad was always like, you can have anything you want. You know, like, I love taking care of you. Uh, we didn't really celebrate birthdays. I don't know what that was about. <laughs> but we always celebrated Easter. We would always dress up in our, in our, in our best stuff. We'd go to the sunrise service. My dad would drag me out of bed and I'd go out in the middle of a cornfield in the of, uh, Massachusetts. It was freezing, by the way. I remember it was like, th- like nothing. And then we'd always go back and we'd take one of those timer pictures. You remember like you'd put the camera on the, on the tripod and for some reason my dad would always put it like a quarter mile away. And <laughs> he was always like running and almost dying trying to get in the picture. But my mom passed away in 2003 to pancreatic cancer. And ever since then, it's random, out of the blue. Sometimes Easter is the worst day of my year. Which is kind of a bad deal for a pastor. Right? Uh, but if you're out there and you're listening to this, even on an iPad, or, or if you're listening to this on your computer, or here with us at this drive-in service, and you're not really... This is a hard year. This is... The, this is uh, it's not a... It's not a celebration moment. You can I, you can jump in the back seat of these two Mary's lives. Because they, they, they show up to the to the to the tomb and they're ready for some sadness. They're ready to meet. Just how dark this place is. Anyway, we'll keep cruising. Verse two. It's early morning. And I'd like to say. This is the beginning of this week marks the dawning of a new beginning
6: for humanity.
0: Easter morning that that first Sunday morning when these women are approaching the tomb.
6: That day inaugurated the second exodus. This,
0: the, the kingdom of God era. And then we find out in verse 3, the two Marys kind of forgot a major detail. <laughs> oh, by the way, how the heck are we going to move this stone? <laughs> how are we going to get to this tomb and like, what, what's going to happen? Have you ever been there? Like, and no one? Have you, ever, have you ever gone someplace maybe really far and you've forgotten the keys to that certain place? You know? You've gone to like a, a vacation place or somebody's letting you... Anyway, there, that's probably a major panic. So I think the first gospel, according to the Marys, is we don't have to go back and get help. <laughs> we don't have to go back and get help. They come around the corner in verse 4 and the tomb is gone. The, 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 the big stone has been rolled away. And then we see a picture of a guy dressed in white. And usually angels are, they strike fear in, right? The first thing out of their mouth usually is like, don't be afraid. I think it's interesting in the
6: kingdom era. The angels are like humans. I think that says something theologically.
0: But that, we don't have time for that sermon. Hold on. We keep cruising.
6: Whoa, I almost lost that. And then the angel guy. He says he's no longer here. He's risen. Interject Dan's
0: testimony right here. What he just shared about New life bursting forth into the kingdom. New life of individual and corporate
6: forgiveness of sins. And then our kingdom assignment is given. What's our kingdom assignment according to verse 7? Go find Jesus.
0: Go find Jesus. He's in Galilee. Interesting. Kingdom of God era, not Jerusalem. Kingdom of God era, not the city of David, not the city of God. Galilee. I think that says something. Where's the kingdom of God? Right here, right? It's everywhere. It's wherever anyone says, Jesus, you're my king.
6: And what are the... What,
0: what's our kingdom assignment find Jesus and tell people tell people what
6: tell people he's alive yeah I I think we complicate
0: it too much how many people have you told lately that Jesus lives if you're like me it's been a bit
6: it's been a minute And then it ends. What a weird ending. Why does
0: Mark end it this way? Read verse 8 again. So they went out and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. I, I served in Muskegon, Michigan, at a place called McGrath Memorial Congregational Church. That's a lot of names, but in that sanctuary, there was a cross, and every single person that I knew, including myself, when you first walk in, you're like, "That thing's off center." <laughs> like, you know, like it's, it was, it was just off. Like somebody was like, "What? what why, why is that off center? Like, what, what's going on?" Uh, I hired a contemporary worship leader, and he actually knew the architect that had designed it. And he said, it's off center intentionally. It's to unsettle you. The cross is to unsettle you, knock you off your normal, knock you off the the routine. The reason Mark ends it this way is that's real life.
6: We have very little instruction
0: and at the end the women are doing exactly opposite of what they're told. They're afraid and they're not telling anyone. How do we apply any of this? I got one outside the box. Women? Take heart. You are front and center of the resurrection story recorded in, in the Bible. I don't think we hear that enough. Being a, a father of a, of a daughter, it kind of opened my eyes to, there aren't enough moments where we just stop for a second and praise God for women. I used to think, I used to like have questions on like whether or not women should be in ministry or whatever, like that. But when you read the Bible, you realize women are in ministry. It doesn't matter what you think, <laughs> right? Is everybody with me? We got a feminist, yeah? Not, not one of you. Okay, I'll just keep going then. No, but my application, for my first one is women take heart. You're the star of this story. You're the only ones willing to do the dirty work, you're the only ones willing to go to the empty tomb. You're the only ones to wake up before the sun and go what needs to be done. Therefore, you
6: You receive the your amazing Star Award today. Second application.
0: Christ is risen. It's got a lot less energy than when I first started. Christ is risen! Christ is risen! It should be on our lips. We're kingdom people. Like, like We're Easter people like Sharon was talking about at the beginning of the prayer confession. Death no longer reigns. He freed the, the Jews from Egypt. He's freed us from this world. He pulled all the chains away. Death has no voice in our life. Sin has no voice in your life. Grace reigns. You're forgiven no matter what you do. You turn left and it's the wrong way. Forgiven. He's there. You turn right and it's the wrong way. Forgiven. He's there. Grace reigns. You can't run out of it. Right? Put a smile on your face for Pete's sake. You're forgiven. You forgive people. Why are we so tight and not quickly forgiving people? The God of the universe gave his one and only son. For each of you. Next time somebody does you wrong, you say, That's nothing compared to the sin that's in my heart that he took and he threw away as far as the east was from the west. Sorry if I sound so angry. <laughs> I just, I'm fired up because that's the truth. And it needs, we need like a, an electrical shock to this, to this cold, dead heart it, often. We're alive. Be who you are. Be who you've been made. You're justified. You're sanctified. God is transforming you from the inside out through the Holy Spirit. And tell everybody, man, woman, and child, gay, straight, trans, everybody, There's a God that takes you just as is. That absolutely adores you. That wants to free you and make you alive. And he came into my life and he freed me. He's a whole fixing man. The Redeemer, Jesus the Christ. I don't know how I transition and ask for offering right there, but (laughs) that's what I'm doing. Uh I guess it's this way. Part of being a second Exodus people is we pool our resources together. And we help one another and we help those in need. So there's part of the service where we give our tithes and offering. A portion of the huge amounts of blessings that he's given us, we give back those of you at home listening to the podcast, if you can still hear me, I might have blown out a speaker or something, Uh, mail your tithes and offerings to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, P.O. Box 2128, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And here we have stations on the way out. Make sure you get one of those potpourri things too. This morning's tithes and offerings are now received.
7: Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Please pray with me. Holy and risen Lord, the whole of our Christian year culminates this Easter morning in our exhortation that Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Thank you, Jesus, for the mercy that flows to us from the cross, for the forgiveness of our sins. Thank you, Lord, for your grace that flows to us from your resurrection, for our redemption and new life. As followers of our Lord Jesus Christ, we live with one foot in this world and one foot in your world that is yet to come. Lord, this world that you love is in need of a fresh touch from you. You've called us to take up your mantle, and so we pray for our world. Where war abounds, we pray for your peace. Where there is famine and scarcity of clean water, we pray for your provision. Where there is persecution, we pray for your protection. Where there are natural disasters, we pray for your safety for all affected. Where there is prejudice and inequality, we pray for your justice. For the millions of Christ followers around the world that worship you in secret, we pray for you to speak boldly through their actions. Father, break our hearts for what breaks yours. Every week it seems we are witnessing mass shootings first in Atlanta a few weeks ago then in Boulder and this week right here in Orange. We pray for your compassion for the victims and we pray for your comfort and peace for their families. Show us O Lord how to break this stronghold of senseless violence. Show us, O Lord, what we can do to be a part of the solution. It's so easy to become distracted by the mundane happenings in our own lives that we miss opportunities to serve you and those around us. Open our eyes to see what you are doing and how we can actively participate. Open our ears to hear your words of truth and love and teach us to remember those words and to repeat those words and example what we have heard from you. Open our hands up to receive from you and then pour us out on this parched world that is waiting for a drink of your living water. Easter Sunday unites us with your disciples around the world Easter Sunday reminds us when you defeated the grave, when you made all things new. Your resurrection has breathed new life into humanity. 2,000 years ago, they thought that they could bury power, but your power did not stay in the tomb. 2,000 years ago, they thought that they could bury truth, but your truth is very much alive today. 2,000 years ago, they thought that they could bury love, but the grave could not contain your love. Because of your resurrection, we live. Because of your resurrection, we're free. Because of your resurrection, we are not alone. May we pause for a moment to let this truth of your resurrection penetrate every fiber of our being. For today, Christ is risen, and the world will never be the same. May it be so. As we continue worshiping you, O Lord, we unite with believers everywhere, praying the way you taught your disciples. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen and amen. Thank you again for joining us. Uh, We're second Exodus people, right? And if you're not so good at saying, hey, God is amazing, grace, all that stuff. We got these guys. there's little postcards. Grab a couple and just invite them into this fold, like we're a fishing net. We cruise together and we teach one another what it is to live in this second kingdom, this kingdom of God of the one foot here, one foot in the not yet. Would you stand with me this morning for this morning's benediction? May God's face shine upon you. May the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit guard and keep you. And may the peace of Christ, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds today, tomorrow, and forevermore. Christ is risen.